Well, hi, everyone. We're back yet again with another episode. I do, I, I, listen. Nobody messed up. There was no, it's just sometimes in life, people, sometimes, sometimes nobody's at fault and things just don't go the way you thought they would. Well, I think there is one person we could blame here, Tom. I think it's Craig. I think it's Craig's fault. So Craig, who's longtime producer of the show, can take some of the blame. But I just want to clear the air that prior to last week's episode, which was an evergreen, we we teased some things, um, and and that didn't come to fruition. And I want I want everyone to know we gave it the old college try. We gave we, it. We, we gave it. The, we recorded. We we. Thought we had actually recorded that full episode. Correct. And so and, basically, for at least Tom and I, we did record that full episode. So, so what we teased exists, but not in our reality anymore. And one day, you might get a half baked version of it. Yeah. But this is not that day. This is a new day, a new dawn. We're feeling good. There are birds yeah. in the sky. There, there's starlight and moon dust and voices and a tiny baby's cry, and that's what it takes. And 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 a and a, and and a child's a and a child's wish. And and your heart might have been hopeless, battered, and abused. Choices might have left you broken and confused, but that's what it takes to make a king. Basically, um, if you get an Ant-Man episode, it will be a very incomplete one. And uh, that's how I want to start this week's episode of Fool's Gold Variety Hour. I'm one of your hosts. My name is... His name's Tom. Yeah, it is. And I'm Zach. Um, and we're, we're here. We're still, we're still trucking. We're still trucking. I've got a bunch of questions to talk to Zach about. First off... Zach, mm. which of these are not one of the main six? The main six? Yes. Okay. Cl- Cloudy Pineapple, Twilight Sparkle, Applejack, or Rainbow Dash? I'm pretty sure Cloudy Pineapple isn't. Who is Twilight Sparkle's assistant? Mike, Spike, Barry, Colonel Mark, Fitzgibbons. I think it's Spike. What is Rainbow Dash's pet? A tortoise named Tank, a man called Horse, a kitten called Sick, a dog called Sports Dog. What was the first the first one? A tortoise called Tank. I think it's the tortoise. I think the man called Horse is very funny, but I don't see this show doing that. What is a Fluttershy's job? Travel agent, thimble inspector, animal caretaker, head of production at New Line Cinema. I, 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 full disclosure, I don't think I've seen a full episode of any My Little Pony um, thing, but I think it would be very funny if uh, My Little Pony just ripped off the plotline in Arrested Development where maybe becomes a movie producer, just ripped it off wholesale and, and, and just made that part of the show. I think she, was it a thimble inspector? <laughs> I think she's a thimble inspector. What is the name of Rarity's shop? Roundabout Bargains, Carousel Boutique, Roller Coaster Collectibles, Habitat. 
I think it's Carousel Boutique. Where does Pinkie Pie like to hang out? Sugar Cube Corner, Chocolate Crescent, Licorice Lane, La Rue de Bonbon. Uh, Licorice Lane, I think, is probably it. What is Im- what important thing is Gummy the Alligator missing? A tail, claws, teeth, a sense of purpose. I believe it's teeth, and hence the name Gummy. What is Applejack's grandmother called? Granny Smith, Uncle Ben, Nana Cobbler's, Nana Anna Anna. Uh, given that she's Applejack, I'll say Granny Smith, but Nana Cobbler's could also do it. What color is Spike the Dragon? Is he, he's like green, he's like bluish green. I know I've seen this, I know I've seen this man. What is the name of the celebration that happens when a little pony gets a cutie mark? Cute quinceanera, adorable fiesta, perky party, or a big Wednesday? I think it's a big, I think it's a big Wednesday. I I feel like the quinceanera and fiesta are both maybe a little too like maybe appropriative for for my little pony to do. Like I don't know if they I don't know if that's allowed. What element does Applejack represent? Honesty, laughter, kindness, generosity. I don't think either of those are elements. Um run them through run them through again. Honesty, laughter, kindness, generosity. Kindness. Who is Sweetie Belle's older sister? Rarity, Apple Bloom, Gabby, Babs Seed. Gabby. How many how am I doing on these? You know, we won't know until you finish, and you're just over halfway. Oh, no. <laughs> Who is Spike's best friend? Rainbow Dash, Twilight Sparkle. They go to different paddock. They wouldn't know each other. Scootaloo. Uh, Rainbow Dash. Which pony's responsible for the weather? Rarity, Fluttershy, Rainbow Dash, Pinkie Pie. Rainbow Dash has a, a meteorological phenomenon in her name, so I'd assume it's Rainbow Dash. I'm I'm very I'm also being very careful not to gender these ponies because I I really couldn't tell you if they're how all did, girls if they're all boys or I don't I don't know how it go how it is. How did Gummy show Twilight Sparkle that he's harmless? He bit Pinkie Pie and nothing happened. He shows a certificate of harmlessness. He shows her through the expression of dance. He just tells her. I think he bit Pinkie Pie and nothing happened because he's gummy. He doesn't have any teeth. Do you know if My Little Pony, this isn't one of the questions, is there continuity? Like, is it telling a story or is it just kind of like Bluey where you can just kind of jump in every episode and you're like, okay. Um, I don't know. I assume I assume it's a little bit of both in which they're like new characters maybe introduced in an episode and then every episode following that character shows up still. Which of these cities is not a city in My Little Pony. Ponyville, Canterlot, Manhattan, or Cloudsdale? Uh, Canterlot. Are the ponies born with their cutie mark, or is that earned? Earned. All right, Zach, are you ready for the final question? Yes, please. What is the full name of Rarity's pet cat? Apolina, Opalescence, Aparella, Apality. I believe it's Opalina. Tabulating results. You got 11 right. 
out of 20. Hey, that's a little over half. I respect well, that. And I was... uh, Tom, I never uh, I never purported myself to be a my little pony expert. And yet here you are. And I believe getting over half correct. I believe that's that should be impressive. Now, Zach, here's my my sort of my my big topic for the night. Are you ready? Yeah. What makes? Well, how would you define celebrity? Basically, I want you to, in your definition, articulate the difference between that person is very famous, that person is known around the world, and that person is a celebrity. This I don't I don't know if I know exactly. Um, I don't think there is an answer. I think I think celebrity is at least somewhat subjective. Um, I feel like there has to be maybe be some level of like frivolity or like superficiality to the definition of celebrity. Like I would not say that a politician, a national politician who is on on like the nightly news very regularly is a celebrity right they could be a public figure which i think might be the more serious version of a celebrity but i feel like there is like a there's a level of this person is well known but not for any profound or especially meaningful reason other than like their job and their job is not running a country that i think is part of what celebrity means because i agree with you like i wouldn't consider joe biden a celebrity now it would make sense to me if i asked somebody who's the most famous celebrity you've met and they said joe biden like i wouldn't be like mm -hmm. that's not a celebrity like i would track what they were saying but i also wouldn't like i wouldn't consider obama a celebrity either now, other very famous people who I wouldn't say are celebrities, Elon Musk. I think Agreed. Elon Musk might count. I think he might be just on that line now between public figure and celebrity. I think he used to be a celebrity. I think he has forced himself into the public eye so much, um, especially with like his purchase of a social media platform that so many people use and like kind of dictates a good deal of how online communication is done that he is he might have pushed himself into the area of public figure interesting so you would have said he was a celebrity i th i think when he was like doing guest voice roles on rick and morty or like whatever like that was i think he would have been a celebrity i think Sure. He has, for better or worse, upgraded since then. Interesting. So I say this because, and I understand, I'm coming into this well aware that my definition is not normal and not widely accepted. So I, I get that. I understand. But if somebody said... Like, I would not consider Mr. Beast a celebrity. He's an internet celebrity. 
I feel I, like I think I think maybe maybe something has to be made. Space has to be made for celebrities or like famous people who have become famous through means that we don't necessarily always account for. So part of the reason is I think for me, in order to be a celebrity, you have to have a certain amount of fame that it's basically your it's basically your fame is is inescapable. And there's like no there's not paparazzi trying to get photos of Mr. Beast. Like generally I mean, speaking, not that, not that I not that we know of at least. Right. Like nobody nobody to my knowledge cares about sort of where Mr. Beast is going to eat supper or like to my knowledge, people don't really care who he's dating. Um like sure. there's no there's no like conversations around um if he's seeing someone, if they're broken up, who this mystery woman could be. Like there's that's just not something following him. That and might like, not be following him until it becomes Sure. Problem. Sure. Or, or just, at least a big deal. I'm just saying, generally speaking, for celebrities, I feel like their fame is so inescapable that they're sort of always their their private life has become considerably less private. Correct. And and celebrities can do a good job of keeping it actively like so like Taylor Swift. People I would say she's a celebrity. She's has a very rigid private life. Similarly to yeah, there's a there's a few celebrities who are very but it's still sort of like Taylor Swift is definitely a celebrity. There's also in my head, and the politician thing negates this, because again, there's so many things that play into it. To my knowledge, and you could prove me wrong with this, like Mr. Beast doesn't go on late night talk shows. He might have. I can see him being on like Jimmy Fallon or something. I feel like that might have happened at one point. Sure. I guess, I don't know. I guess he celebrities. He, he wouldn't go on like Conan. He wouldn't right. go on Seth Meyers. He would be on something maybe a little bit more general audiences. Like I feel like if anything, Jimmy Fallon or maybe Jimmy Kimmel would have had him on at some point. Like Ninja, the Fortnite streamer, he's been on. He's been on those shows. That is true. I forgot about that. And Ninja's not a celebrity. Um, there's something in my gut that tells me when people are or are not celebrities. And it was weird. It was at work today. People were just naming people and I would be like, yeah or no. And it, there was like, there wasn't a rhyme or reason, but because my gut was saying it, I was trying to figure out what my definition was, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it's just been a compelling, compelling time. I think, I think it is subjective, but it's also, we have at least a few shared shared criteria as a society for what a celebrity is to the point that we at least know it when we see it um as subjective as it as it is um speaking of celebrity tom um i don't always care much for like set photos of like upcoming projects sure. but this week tom has been christmas for me uh-huh. Because uh they just started filming the Matt Reeves HBO Penguin show. And it seems like every day this week we've gotten a hot 
fresh new shot of Colin Farrell as the penguin. And I got to be honest, man, the the joy I see of seeing Colin Farrell as a pen, as the penguin just shooting new stuff, mm-hmm. I would have to believe is akin to seeing a, a, a parent seeing their newborn child for the first time. I, I have to agree. I just texted you my favorite set photo yet um, where he is that. looking dapper. Oh, yeah, I saw this one. Um, For those at home, uh, Colin Farrell, full penguin makeup, full, uh, probably at least some fat suit on him wearing uh, it's either blue jeans or like a, a light blue slacks, leather belt, black V-neck, leather jacket. Looking so nice, man. Every just, every every time, hot new fits are dropping. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's so many reasons that this makes me so excited. Every set, I agree with you. I usually don't care that much about set photos. A, if this was like a Zack Snyder production, and I saw these photos, I I would know that I would have a visceral like disgust when i saw them because here's the thing we probably talked about on the show Zack snyder is really really good at making a really good trailer like visually he can make things look that three minute man of steel trailer like is a better movie than man of steel is right and and the there's a batman vs superman trailer that's actually really engaging he just he knows how to frame things he knows how to make things look really good and really nice Mm -hmm. and his costume design generally speaking is pretty solid yeah for the most part i i didn't like the colors kind of drained out of the wonder woman suit when you first see it but right I know that if Zack Snyder was directing this, I would see photos and I would be like, wow, that is like a good aesthetic. Like that's a good vibe, but I just know the show is going to be bad. But what makes this like seeing your newborn child is a, it's Colin Farrell, who is a world-class actor. Yeah. And, and, and is, seemingly just an extremely nice guy in real life. Right. B, I think it's not only, Colin Farrell, who's a world-class actor. It's Colin Farrell doing what I love best, which is just having a good time on set. Yeah. Like, when you can tell that an actor is just eating up the script and just, like, so in love and enjoying their time portraying a character, it is firing on all cylinders for me. Akin... The most recent uh, example I have of that is Zach. I don't know if you've seen Operation Fortune. I haven't yet. No, I knew I knew you would. So Hugh Grant in that movie is having a blast. Hugh Grant's in a really good zone right now, where he just like he either knows the movies that he in, that he's in are like they could go either way. They could either be good or bad. Or just mm-hmm. might might just sit in the middle. Like on on one hand, you have a Paddington too, right? Which is like beloved and like good, and like and on the other hand, you have um, I mean I can't speak to Operation Fortune, Ruse de Guerre, um, 
I can't speak to its quality or the quality of the other three or four Guy Ritchie movies, recent Guy Ritchie movies that Hugh Grant has been in. But I would assume that they aren't Paddington 2. But at least from like the promotional materials I've seen of them, Hugh Grant, or like or like the Dungeons and Dragons movie coming up, like Hugh Grant's not doing necessarily anything different in in these movies as he is in Paddington 2. Yeah. Now, interestingly, my understanding is Hugh Grant had a meltdown on the Dungeons and Dragons set and was altogether unpleasant to be around. Um, it There was like a news story where he was like, yeah, I basically pulled a Christian bail. And I was like, I don't know if you know what that means, sir. But uh, yeah, I just you can tell. He loves it. And you can tell Colin Farrell legitimately has the time of his life as Penguin, which is why every scene that Penguin is in in the Batman is so funny. Yeah. And and like Colin Farrell was like giving interviews and he's just like he feels liberated by this costume and like these prosthetics, these prosthetics like he like he's never felt more in character whenever he like puts them on like he feels like he as soon as he is in it he no longer feels like Colin Farrell he is the penguin like he doesn't need to method act like the costume does it for him uh there's yeah. some very funny behind the scenes footage when they were doing makeup tests for the penguin where he is like uh fake arguing with the makeup people as the penguin and it is very very funny at one point he he uh like someone asks him where he's from and he's like, what are you talking about where I'm from? Where do you think I'm from? Why don't you send me a little email about where you think I'm from? And it's, it's like, he's just having a good time, man. And I know that this show's going to be good because of that. And right. Not only is the show going to be good, it's like, there's no fear in like a, Oh, but what if it's a great actor, great role with a bad script? That's not going to happen. Because we know that Matt Reeves delivered the Batman and loves and cares for these characters. And we know that Robert Pattinson is in this show. Uh, so allegedly in the show, I don't I wouldn't say we know it, but. Um, oh, I think we can. I would bet comfortably that he's in at least one shot. <laughs> yeah, maybe. They, um, they could have even like taken like unused footage from the Batman and put it in right. this. Um, um, what I'm hoping is that we actually get a shot of Batman from a thug or villain's perspective. Um, because yeah. we, whenever we've seen Batman, we're always kind of watching Batman do things. Yeah. But if we could just see Batman, like, I don't know, it would be really cool. Anyways, I have absolute trust in Matt Reeves. And, uh, um, so this, this show is written by Lauren LaFranc, uh, who I'm, whose work I am unfamiliar with, but, uh, uh, the overall plot has been laid out by Matt Reeves. Um, like the, the plot and like the visual tone and stuff have been sort of laid out by Matt Reeves and it is partially directed by Craig Zobel who did some really good episodes of Westworld and uh, Leftovers and uh, uh, also um, uh, 
is one of the co-creators of uh, Homestar Runner, which I thought was very funny. Um, so, uh, and and you got at least three pretty decent character actors in this show's lineup. You have Michael yeah. Kelly, who was, uh, was really good in House of Cards, and he was in Man of Steel. Not well used in Man of Steel, but he's all right in Man of Steel. You have Christian Milioti, who I'm always happy to see. And you've got Mr. Krabs himself, Clancy Brown. And I, I need to say, Clancy Brown, a, a high-ranking member of Zack's Hooten Holler Hall of Fame. And listen, we have no idea what this show is about. We know it's about the Penguin. I don't know if this is pre-the Batman, post-the Batman, if it's both. I don't know if it's him consolidating power and taking out rival gang leaders like Black Mask and Maroney. And I, it could be, it could, whatever, whenever it's set and whatever it is, it is going to be incredible. There is a photo of him getting into a very purple car yep. that I already love. I hope it becomes the Penguin Mobile. There is a young child who is with him that I hope becomes Robin. There are many things that I want that even if I don't get, I will be deeply satisfied with. Um, yeah, I think I think I think we're in for something good here. Uh, the other thing, this is unrelated to the penguin. Um, kind of a callback to the My Little Pony, at least one part of the, that I brought up during the My Little Pony thing, Tom. I regret to inform you, and you probably already know this, that we have five days remaining until Arrested Development is removed from Netflix. Indeed. Um, and I believe the first three seasons will be available elsewhere, maybe even streaming on normal streaming services and not for rent. However, the fourth season, the re-edited fourth season, and the fifth season will likely be lost to time like tears and rain. Now, I, in knowing this, have binged through almost the entire series in the last week or so. And burned them onto this floppy disk. And I need to say, Tom, uh, that yeah, I am having a real struggle getting through season five. Yeah, uh, the new seasons of Arrested Development are, are, uh, are, are rough. I, I will... I will... Season four is a hoot and a half compared to season five. There are no jokes in season five. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced. Yes, but I would say season four compared to one through three is also a shocking drop off in quality. Here's the this thing. Here's the thing. So take a show like Community, which went for five seasons. Well, went, for, went for Well, went for five seasons and then went to a different channel. Went mm -hmm. to Yahoo Streaming, um, and there was a quality drop. Here's the thing, though: if you do a rewatch of Community, season six is quite enjoyable. I I really enjoy season six. Um, you can tell it's like a different, like there was there was a bit of a dip, but it's still quite enjoyable compared to really anything else you're watching. Arrested Development was like top of its game, the greatest show. And then there was just this tremendous dip with season four. And then somehow Rock Bottom had a basement with season five. 
I will say the re-edited season fours are better. They're not they're they're not up to the quality of the first three seasons. Um, but they are better, uh, basically because they try to tell all the stories at the same time instead of character by character. Right. Uh, which is the uh the fatal flaw in season four is that they couldn't get all of the actors together to do an entire season at the Which same time begs the question why'd you do it at all and so they did store separate storylines per character however in season five they get almost everyone back together mm-hmm. and they can't get the magic of those first three seasons back you can't catch lightning in a bottle twice zach i will say in season season four at least they re-edit to season four does have a lot of some of maybe a couple instances of some of the best Will Arnett content in the show. Uh, yeah, everything involving the sound of silence is mm-hmm. top, top peak comedy. I also really enjoy his sort of panic attack slash uh, $6,000 suit scene when he's trying to in which he inadvertently proposes to Anne. Uh, that that scene is one I will come back to very often because I think it's I think it's it's really good acting by Arnett, but it's also just like extremely funny in, in how it's a callback and how it works for the character, and 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 the the little Ron Howard tag where he says that he says Job was uncomfortable with the question is. It's perfectly timed. Like, it's so good. Now, speaking of Will Arnett, whom I love. Notably, yes. You love Will Arnett. I, Will Arnett, so speaking of, but also not really related. Um, First of all, his show Murderville is very good, and the Christmas special is very funny. Um, I have yet to see that, but I need to because just for like the Bateman banter, because I know those two, right, get along very well. Two, his podcast is quite good. Will Arnett and Jason Bateman's podcast is quite good. Oh, with uh, uh, Sean Hayes is also in there. Yes. Right? Three, Lego Masters, a good show, tangentially related to Lego Masters. Zach, I have been watching. Uh, a little show called Holy Moly. Uh, I don't know if I know about this. And it's from a while ago. It's free on Amazon. And Excuse me. Oh, wait. Is... No, 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 no. I, I, this is the Rob Riggle yes. mini golf show. And I have got to say, I went from somebody who had a neutral opinion about Rob Riggle to being somebody who thinks that Rob Riggle is very funny. I think it for me, Robert Eagle varies like his scenes in Step Brothers are very funny to me, but there are also times in which I just don't think he's as funny. He uh, he's just you can tell that his he commentates with somebody. I don't know who the other person is, but you can tell that his his commentary is completely ad libbed mm-hmm. and the other person's is scripted. And so the the other the other guy is uh, Joe Tessitore, who is a an actual sportscaster. Gotcha. Like he is an ESPN guy. So I just enjoy. I enjoy it when Rob Riggle is just making. I just like it when people break character, basically. Yeah. And I like it when Joe Tessitore 
breaks character because Rob Riggle is being funny. And the the type of humor, the reason that this all ties together, the type of humor that Rob Riggle has on that show is very similar to the type of humor Will Arnett has when he's in interviews. I can which see that. Is also very similar to the type of humor that Norm MacDonald had. I can see that too, yeah. It's I think just... I think Norm MacDonald was really good at disarming people, mm-hmm. which uh, I don't know if Arnett or Riggle are necessarily as good at. Like, yeah, like Norm MacDonald was re- seemed really good at like sort of lulling people into a soft a, a a sort of false sense of security before he sort of pulled the rug out from under them. Um, and I don't know if that's Arnett or Riggle's thing, but I would I can understand the the. I think it the, is the... Riggle's thing when it's like mini golf commentating and he is just seeming to commentate mini golf and then he slowly has been leading up to this like kind of obvious punchline in retrospect but as soon as he says it you're like wow he got me again hmm. like there's something and now nobody will ever be norm mcdonald norm mcdonald is absolutely not yeah is incomparable hands down one of the funniest people to ever exist. My favorite mm-hmm. thing. Have you watched the clip of Norm Macdonald talk to Bob Saget about Dean Martin? I think I have. It is. It's so funny because Bob Saget is like, I met Dean Martin once. It was right after Dean Martin had lost his son and he was sitting at the bar drinking a martini and I went up to him and he was just, he was nice. He was friendly and he, he just he turned to me and and I just said and then Norm MacDonald cuts him off and he's like, I found your son. And it's so funny. And Bob Saget, just the look of disappointment in Bob Saget's eyes at Norm MacDonald is so funny. I, I like the, at the I think it was the Comedy Central roast of Bob Saget where Norm MacDonald got up and just did the most like like vaudeville sort of like obscure insults for every single person. Uh, and, and it, like it, like as for a roast, it's not really that funny, but just like the complete, like, I don't give, I don't, I don't give a care about any of these people. I mean, they were his friends, but like he, he like, he he found more comedy in the situation of him telling bad jokes than mm-hmm. actually making the jokes themselves. Right. Which I think is, is good. Um, I back to Will Arnett. I really like, and I rewatch it fairly often. The clueless gamer with Conan where Will Arnett, they're doing uh, arms on the Nintendo switch and they're doing a roast off while they're doing it. And um, some really good stuff in there there's a scene where um conan is up like in will arnett's face trying to psych him out unaware that will arnett is still playing the game and is like winning because conan has like neglected his controllers sure um on like the other side of the room i think that's very funny um yes i uh i fully agree and i think that uh i just think that will arnett is He's at a point in his career where he actually, similar to what we were just talking about with uh, Colin Farrell, I think Will Arnett is just doing things that he wants to do, which means everything he's doing, it just has a sense of like, I don't know, just a, not a genuineness, but just like a, 
yeah, it's just somebody who likes to do what they're doing right now. And it's just having a good time. Like Murderville, clearly, he didn't like, I don't think somebody approached him. I think he made that happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's based on a British series, right? I, I'm sure that like he was made aware of like the British show and then like thought like, hey, this is something that I could do. And he pitched it. And like he has, he's had like three or four shows at Netflix. So he probably has, excuse me, some sort of pre-existing relationship there. And like they just let him do it. And I, I doubt it costs him very much to make. Right. And that's why they've been able to do what they've been doing with it. I don't know if they're going to make more, but like it's, it's kind of a kind of a, a, a swing and a hit, you know. Speaking of Will Arnett, Bojack Horseman, you know who else is in Bojack Horseman? Amy Sedaris. Mm-hmm. You know what else Amy Sedaris is in? Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. You know what else she's in? Interestingly, Elf. Ghosted, the upcoming Chris Pratt and Anna de Armas movie. I have not seen a trailer for this yet. Um, I know there is one. Uh, uh-huh. I like both of those people. It's Chris uh, Evans, not Chris Pratt. You're right. Sorry, Chris Evans. I like both Chris Evans and Anna de Armas. I like Anna de Armas probably considerably more than Chris Evans, but Sorry. I have not. I have not. I'm not sure. I haven't seen a trailer, so I can't speak to what it looks. It looks like it's going to be a a good time. Is what I'd yeah. say. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be like it's going to be a great movie. It looks uh, similar. Zach, have you seen the trailer for the new Jennifer Lawrence movie? I did watch that one because that was all over Twitter today because people were like saying like, "Yeah, like R rated comedies are back," and like it. I like Jennifer Lawrence. I usually trust her taste whenever she's picking projects. So aside from X-Men things, but I would assume that's like a contractual obligation. Yeah. I saw the same thing on Twitter. Everybody was like, hey, they're back. Which, in fairness to Twitter, I can't, like, aside from Deadpool, I can't necessarily think of a Were the Millers horrible boss. Like, I can't think of a Hall Pass I'm just listing Jason Sudeikis movies. I don't like Hall Pass, but I I, I like the other. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of We're the Millers. Horrible Bosses are all right. Um, I'm just saying it's been a while since there's been, to my knowledge, a movie like that. Unfor- uh, sorry, just coming back to it. I am seeing here that Tim Blake Nelson is in Ghosted, so unfortunately I will watch that. Um, it's not unfortunately. I mean, whether it's good or bad, I will watch it. Right. I mean, I mean, I the that Jennifer Lawrence movie does not look like it would be for me, right? But I, uh, I think I think these movies are often pretty quickly. I think I think what the concern is is that these movies are often sort of put out to streaming, not given a, a big theatrical run. Sure, they're often put out to streaming, and thus are not seen. When when the market for adults who just want to see a fun movie and don't necessarily want to be involved in a, in a cinematic universe or don't want to be like to go to like a children's film, like I think that market has been fairly untapped for a little bit. And since this does seem to be going straight to theaters like it, it could 
could pick it up because if if a small budget movie like this can do well it shows studios that there is more use in putting things in theaters than just right um than just like event movies like marvel movies or whatever now natalie morales is also in this new jennifer lawrence movie no hard feelings that's the and, name of the movie, not a yes. judgment call on Natalie Morales. Natalie Morales, I think, is is underutilized because I think she's typically very good in things she's in. You know what she's not funny in? Hmm. And you know what? I watched the first episode and was like, wow, this is very bad. Hmm. History of the World Part 2. I have heard that and I did I have avoided it. It has every it, it's been mixed mixed to bad stuff regarding that that show. It, it has every funny person in it. But what's weird about it, again, I've only seen the first episode. What's weird about it is it's like it's like they wrote the episodes and then told the people what roles they were playing and i think what would have been smarter is to allow all of these funny people to pick which skits they wanted to be in because there's certain ones hmm. where i'm like if this actor or this actress who was in this skit was doing this sort of situation i think it works better sure. um but it just like i don't know it was not a good time got it i mean i might still check it out like it's got a lot of people i like in it uh i just i haven't watched it yet but i i would assume that like with a mel brooks normal mel brooks movie you know he has his mel brooks has his people he's got gene wilder he's got harvey corman he's got um he's got his people he's got madeline khan he's got all of his people and unfortunately for mel brooks most of those people are no longer with us. Um, and like, he's picked a good crop of people to not replace yeah. them, but like, you know, do Mel Brooks's thing. And, you know, they're it just, I guess it just doesn't, doesn't work. Um, right. Yeah. I was, I was not, not pleased with what I was watching. Um, now, Zach, we talked about him earlier this episode. I want to circle back real briefly. What are your thoughts and stances on one Mr. Beast? So, I don't think I have seen a full Mr. Beast video in its entirety. Sure. Part of that, and this might seem mean, is that I find his way of speech the speed and tempo and cadence in which he talks to be fairly annoying. It always sounds like it, I, I understand that a lot of people, when they get on camera, develop, get on camera or behind a mic, uh, develop uh, like a broadcaster voice. Like they, yeah. they start talk, they start talking like this. Mm -hmm. um, and Mr. Beast has what I like to call influencer voice. Uh, 
in which he sounds exactly like every single other person who is trying to I don't I don't know if he is the model for every influencer who's trying to do like big like excessive YouTube stuff or if he or if he is just one of many who all sound the same. I think and again, I haven't seen any videos. So I I don't want to make any specific judgment calls on like I think he's a bad person. However, he also seems to have a bad case just based on his other online output, which I have have bared witness to. And and this is well well put by uh, a YouTuber by named Eddie Burback, who whose video I watched recently and partially covers Mr. Beast. He does indeed have a um, uh, he has a CEO brain in which everything must be he he is he is focused on seems to be focused on monetary success high visibility for himself like online clout and fame and uh like big stunts and stuff now i think mr beast doing all this and and less fortunate people benefiting from it is good up to a point sure a lot of mr beast's mr beast's video is him videos are him like giving a lot of money to people or like buying an insane amount of a decently needed product or whatever and giving that away. However, this feedback loop in which you do a charitable thing, a nice charitable thing or an impressive good thing and are rewarded for it with fame and um fame and and like success and like more money and stuff like that. And thus you make more and more content showing how good of a person you are. This is, it's going to make a feedback loop in which you don't actually do it to help people anymore. You do it to benefit yourself, which I mean, I don't, again, I don't know Mr. Beast's business model. I don't know any of that, but I can definitely see if he's not there already one day getting to that point. Yeah, I guess the question at some point becomes do motives matter? Because like if you are just doing it for clout, at least somebody is helping people who need to be helped. And like we live in a system that wasn't gonna help them anyways. So you know what I mean? At some point I'm like, whether you're like I don't really care why you're doing it if you're helping, like you're helping. There's also the part of me that understands like the way in which you go about so like mr beast's video where he healed a bunch of blind people yeah i have no issue with the shoe thing that he just did i'm like did you destabilize an economy or like you know what i mean like did you similar to how tom's shoes like ended up being not necessarily the most advantageous thing to buy yeah um like the way you go about helping to me is more important than the why i guess mm -hmm. i really don't care about the why if you're doing it for money or fame or whatever but you are helping i i no longer care i'm just glad that somebody is being helped um and i yeah i care way more about the 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 way than the why mm -hmm. but i also have not seen this latest eddie burback video well this it was specifically about the eddie burback video was about his uh, he's he had 
one of the stunts Mr. Beast pulled during COVID was starting his own fast food restaurant. And that fast food restaurant has turned into a ghost kitchen on delivery apps, uh, which is often a fake restaurant that is run within a normal restaurant that has its own menu that just delivers out of it. Like I believe, I believe a Mr. Beast burger operates in the town in which I work, but all the Mr. Beast burger food is made at, I think the famous Dave's here in town. And, and so the Eddie Burback video was about, was about how these like ghost ghost uh, kitchens can be misleading. And they, like they often like they can be confusing for like health, uh, sure. like health inspectors and stuff like that. And like how, uh, having ghost kitchens like overpopulate delivery apps can like stack the deck against small business. Sure. And so that's that's what the Eddie Burbeck is about. And so that it's it's not necessarily they call out Mr. B specifically because he's one of the more well known examples of this. Mm-hmm. Um but the video isn't strictly about him. Gotcha. Gotcha. Other things that happened this week. I didn't see Cocaine Bear. Maybe I will. Gotcha. I didn't see it. Um, I haven't seen all of the Rockies, so I'm not going to see Creed 3 yet. I will see it eventually. 65 is this weekend. The Oscars are this weekend. Uh, I have a plan that I'm going to go see if any of the local stores in my town uh, carry Francis Ford Coppola's wine. So I can drink some of his wine during the Oscars. I feel like that would be appropriate. It sure does look like everything everywhere all at once is getting that sort of last couple week boost that a lot of best picture winners get. Um, before they win best picture, we saw it similarly with Coda last year, Coda, a movie that I liked just fine, but truly does not really exist anymore. Indeed. Indeed. And I don't think everything, everything everywhere all at once is going to suffer that same fate, but it is wild that, there are just best picture winners that we just never think or talk about anymore. Would you like my good old bippity boppity bomb? Yes, please. All right. So, you know how the Joker movie that made a billion dollars and is getting a sequel? Correct. Was sort of a remake to some extent of Taxi Driver. Yeah, it was it's kind of a kind of a pastiche of both Taxi Driver and um King of Comedy. Right. Which I watched I I watched recently and uh boy oh boy does the does Joker owe a whole lot to late 70s Scorsese. Yes. So it, this is my pitch. In the new DC universe or maybe you do an Elseworlds thing with Joker's success sure. and you have like Joker do a shared universe, maybe do a Joker cinematic universe, if you will. But here's the thing. So it's Elseworlds. I, I like it better if it's Elseworlds. I'm adapting my bomb. Set in the same universe as Joker. Okay. You have a remake in the same way that Joker is a remake of King of Comedy and Taxi Driver. You have a remake of Citizen Kane. So... So just hear me out. Rags, rags to riches. You have an innocent, hopefully young, young kid, and you we watch him slowly lose his soul. Yeah. 
until we get to the end and he is just a lonely man with his empire. Yeah, and there's there's only one or two small, extremely obscure things that can even harken back to the person he used to be. Correct. So much and so that any anyone on the outside would not be able to understand it at all. Right. And I think it's really good in today's climate with how people feel about billionaires. Like, mm-hmm. and the rosebud moment would be the small glimpse we get of him meeting Superman hmm. and realizing that he is not a god, but just a man. And the movie is just called Luther. Is this, do we get like a President Luther bit where like, whether or not his campaign is successful, but just like similarly to Citizen Kane, in which he is like going to run, I believe, for Congress before his like his affair is found out. Do we get like a President Luther sort of like subplot? Sure. Yeah. I would like if we compare this up with something maybe similar, and this is not a movie on par with Citizen Kane, but there is a Ryan Gosling, George Clooney movie that came out in like 2010 called Ides of March. Yeah. uh, Where uh, Ryan Gosling is like a political consultant who has to like cover up the dirt of his of his boss. Um, I think a similar sort of thing in which we see someone like on the outside of Lex Luthor, who's like sort of following him in his rise and is like an idealist starting out, but is like also sort of slowly losing his soul as Lex loses his. And this could potentially be Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Olsen could work. Yeah. Who then leaves to go work at the daily planet because he's inspired by Superman or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I basically, within the Joker universe, so it has more traction, just have this this long story of a man, a boy with hopes and dreams that are slowly, as, as his hopes and dreams are being achieved, we watch him just slowly lose his soul and become Lex Luthor. I am intrigued. I, I would like to see it. And you can have as much of the you can have as much of Superman in the movie as you had the Wayne family in Joker. Yeah, sort of like this sort of outside force that is happening that allows Lex Luthor to like grow his public image. Right. I like this. Who who would you get for Lex Luthor? Uh, that, if you could get anyone for Lex Luthor. Um, I have I a couple need- ideas. I would need to. Honestly, you're not going to like it. Okay. Well, the problem is I think we need several actors because we'll need child, younger, and older. Uh, I'm thinking like... In the way that I need Joker to be the same age as Batman, I actually need Lex Luthor to be substantially older than Superman. Okay. So that, yeah, this does, this does mess with my, my thoughts. At least in Citizen Kane, young, not child, Charles Foster Kane, but young adult and old adult Charles Foster Kane are both Orson Welles. Right. Yeah, so maybe with... an, an old age makeup could work. But who, who, yeah. who are you thinking? I thought that older Luther, if played by Tom Hanks, could actually be quite good. 
So the yeah, I can I, I can understand that. Uh, I was thinking if we wanted someone, maybe a little bit more like, um, dramatic and sort of like has like a sense of tragedy to him, but is also just very charismatic. I think like Michael Fassbender when he is Magneto, especially in Days of Future Past. Both Days of Future Past and I think First Class. I think both of those he kinda has that. Yeah. At that time. Yeah, I like that. Uh any other people who I think could play like that sort of area. I think Jillen Hall could maybe do it. I think Gyllenhaal maybe has a little too much manic energy yes. than Lex Luthor has. Do you know who's a good Lex Luthor? Someone who's already played Lex Luthor and we didn't talk about him when we talked about Superman. Clan- and Cl- Clancy Brown, his voice performance as Lex Luthor in the Justice League cartoons is really good. I agree. I, really, really good. You know I love that. I, I don't know if I would trust him for an entire movie, but I do. I do like animated Lex Luthor a lot, yes. Patrick Wilson, maybe? Yeah. Patrick Wilson could do it. He's got sort of like the he could be he could be sort of like a politician type. Yeah, Patrick Wilson actually could be a really good choice. Yeah. But Patrick Wilson is already at least for at least one more movie tied down to DC stuff. Hugo Weaving potentially. Hugo Weaving as old Luther would actually be really good. And you can just you can just see the deep hatred of Superman. Oh yeah. Before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think and this is maybe I might bias you in this way, Tom. Ty Simpkins from The Whale in Iron Man 3 and Jurassic World could be a very good Jimmy Olsen. I agree. I don't like that you brought up Jurassic World, but yeah. He is in Jurassic World, though. He, I mean, he is, yes. He's in one shot of Avengers Endgame, if you would prefer me say that instead. No, I was fine with Iron Man 3 and The Whale. Sure. I guess, I mean, because he had Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker, you could do somebody, you could do like Brad Pitt Luther if you wanted. Yeah. Brad Pitt Luther could do it. Um, you could I've... get a big, because again, I don't want this to be set in... Mm-hmm. the dcu yeah well i think and i don't think it's the plan now but i think for a good chunk there was a desire to do um to do these types of things maybe not interconnected but i believe like when todd phillips was pitching scorsese joker to warner brothers he was like you have all of these characters who could make movies like this of why not do more than that Right. do more of that and um they they haven't and they haven't really announced any plans to do so but like i yeah. feel like it, it, it could be done i think it could be and i think it could be really successful i think joker making a billion dollars proved that yeah um, and i think if the sequel does well which i has every reason to believe it will then um yeah you might see them taking more gambles like that. Although uh, James, James yeah. Gunn did say that the bar for Elseworlds projects is considerably higher to get greenlit than the bar for DCU projects. That's fair. They, they, they have one that they probably want to prioritize, at least. Mm-hmm. So, 
uh, Gabe LaBelle from the Fable Mints could also be a very good Jimmy Olsen or like a bright eyed sort of like late late teens, early 20s Lex Luthor. I'm pro this. Tom, before we go out, did you, uh, how do you feel about that Ninja Turtles trailer? Uh, I didn't really grow up with Ninja Turtles, and I know very little about Ninja Turtles. Speaking of Will Arnett from earlier, he's in the Ninja Turtle live action movies. Yep. Um, so I don't really have a horse in the race, but it's cool. The the spider versification of animation, I think best case scenario, it becomes like, a, oh, it looks like this. Cool. Which I think we're already kind of there with Puss in Boots and that. In in the same way that Disney, um, now every Disney movie looks like Tangled and Frozen. Right. I, I kind of hope that we are able to improve upon this sort of animation style just just that we can you know that we can we can use this but we can also like grow from it as well i don't want this specific animation style to become as stale as sort of the disney house style has right i fully agree i fully agree i also think yes i think that when dreamworks is when dreamworks is on they are better than anyone else at animation I don't know if I would go that far. I would take peak DreamWorks over peak any other studio. I'm thinking like peak DreamWorks would be like first two How to Train Your Dragons movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Shrek, maybe Shrek two. Um, Kung Fu Panda. First two Kung Fu. First two Kung Fu Pandas. Excuse me. Right. That's what I'm saying. I'm taking peak DreamWorks. Uh, Prince of Egypt. Prince of Egypt. I, I like El Dorado. I won't say it's peak. But, but I like it. Peak, peak DreamWorks beats peak any other studio. Now, DreamWorks has a lot of really, really bad stuff. Really mediocre a, stuff. I wouldn't yeah. say it's all bad, but it's mediocre. Right. And, and this Ninja Turtles uh, movie is not... Specifically Rise specific. of the Guardians, peak DreamWorks. Interesting. I don't dislike that movie. I think you should rewatch Rise of the Guardians. It is That's a, it. Jude Law's in that, Tom. Rise of the Guardians is perhaps the greatest animated movie I've ever seen. I think that you are overselling it. It's so good. I think between the two of them, I like Puss in Boots 2 more than Rise of the Guardians. And I there are many DreamWorks movies that I, I think I probably enjoy more than Puss in Boots 2. But... Maybe we'll start. Maybe we'll do like a, a DreamWorks draft or something in an upcoming episode, because this one's just about over. So thanks for listening, everybody. Um, we're back. We're back, and we're better than ever, and we're only gonna get better. So uh, strap in for more episodes in the future, uh, and some cool new announcements within the next couple months about uh, some cool new directions the show might take. And until then, we'll see you.